0: Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Michael Bryan podcast. I'm your host, Michael A. Bryan, and joining me today, all the way from Berlin, Germany, is Dr. Herman Pratio. Hey, Herman, how are you? Hi, Michael. I'm fine. Thank you so much to be here, (laughs) I'm excited. Good, you're very welcome. So Herman, you and I, we rehearsed for a little bit for me to get your surname correctly. And I said, did I I do a good job? Perfect, very good. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. Well Herman, I'm so excited to be here with you and I can't wait to dive into our conversation for today. But before we do that, for those of you who this is your first time joining us here on the Michael Bryan podcast, this is a podcast where I've been interviewing Iyengar yoga teachers from all around the world and ultimately a podcast where we interview healers and teachers from all around the world to talk to us about different aspects of their spiritual or yoga or mindfulness based practice. So if you want to continue to be a part of this wonderful momentum that we're building here on the Michael Bryan podcast, please do make sure to subscribe down below and share this episode of the podcast with your other yoga, mindfulness and spirituality loving friends. So Herman, once again, I'm super excited to have you here with me today. I think the last time I saw you in person, we were riding on a bus together from, from, we were in Champaign-Urbana, and I think we were riding on a bus together from Champaign to Chicago. Do you remember that? I remember this. I was on my way back to Berlin, and you were on your way actually back to chicago i don't know what you did <laughs> exactly exactly and i have to tell you something Herman. on that bus ride you gave me a set of keys to give to lois for the bike and i have a confession to make because i never actually gave lois those keys oh my god <laughs> 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 so, I mean, I mean she she's figured it out because I think she just got a, a new set of something or something, but 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 all is well. But I just wanted to let you know to get it off my chest so I didn't actually give those the case because I didn't, I don't think I went back to Champagne Urbana. Uh and then there was the pandemic. And then I mean this is the first time um I I was just there a couple of weeks ago, but this is the first time I've been to Champagne Urbana in almost two years. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we've sorted out the key situation and all is well. (laughs) So Herman, we're here today to talk about some of the amazing work that you've been doing in Iyengar Yoga, uh, not just in Berlin, but also internationally. I've known you for years because any of us who've been studying with Lois for a while would have come across your work or would have heard Lois talk about you even in situations where lois wasn't specifically talking about your book i've traveled with lois and she's also talked about you and and she she really respects you a lot and so it's really an honor for me to sit down here and talk with you today uh, because i too respect the work that you've been doing in iyengar yoga yeah thank you (laughs) (laughs) you're very very welcome I mean, you have such a diverse background, one of which is you have a medical background. So before we even get into the Iyengar yoga side of things, uh, talk to me a little bit about who you are and how you came to study medicine in the first place.
1: Yeah, I grew up in Munich, which is in south of um, Germany. And after I finished school, I wanted to become a psychotherapist. And at that time we had to do a military service before studying or social service. So I decided to work in a psychosomatic hospital. And I was also trained as a co-therapist there in behavioral therapy. And I did this for two years. And there they told me it's better to study medicine and not psychology. To be honest, I wasn't interested in medicine at all. I was super excited in psychology. And it was very difficult to to study medicine at the time, but I was lucky and I got the opportunity to start studying medicine in Munich. And then a little nightmare began. (laughs) (laughs) The first two, three years really were a nightmare for me because I was interested in philosophy, psychology, in emotions, in arts, but not really in sciences like chemistry, anatomy, physiology. All those things were nightmare for me and I had a really difficult time to get into it. And then slowly, slowly, I got a little bit better, and when I moved to Berlin in 1990, my whole life also changed a lot. And then I met nice people when I was studying medicine, who also had different ideas. And so um, then, it, then, it, then it was good, but I um, really, um, the first three years were nightmare. And, and, and in this time, especially in the first three years, yoga also helped me a lot to go through this and because I I could do some asanas and go back to the books and do some asanas and really could feel that I get energy and yeah. So so I started started studying medicine with the idea to become a psychotherapist, but then in the early 90s my life changed in many things, Berlin was fantastic, I was really, really happy I was practicing yoga, and my interest in psychotherapy became less, 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 and my interest in yoga became more and more and more. And there I thought, okay, for yoga, it's good to first know many things about the anatomy. Therefore, I decided to specialize in orthopedic medicine. So when I finished in 1996 for two years, 1997, 1999, I worked in an orthopedic hospital. And then, actually, my medical classical medical career uh, was kind of finished because it's not so difficult orthopedic medicine. I think I learned a lot, and I wanted to only continue with yoga.
0: Herman, that is really an interesting story to hear because as as I listen to you, I think about I, I think about so many people who go to university and aren't really passionate about what they're studying. And then they have to grow in that passion ultimately. And then still at the end of the day, turn around and do something that really spoke to their heart deeply. So, I mean, when I was in university studying journalism, I also wanted to study dance. And then I've finished a four-year journalism program, but then I automatically entered into the dance field after that because I had also been practicing dance and training in dance during my time in university. And that's really where I wanted to be. I wanted to have an embodied career and dance did that for me more than journalism did, as well as yoga ultimately has also done that for me in a way that I don't think I could have ever experienced. And so I think it's really fascinating that you also knew deep down within yourself where your passion really was or where it wasn't <laughs> and, <laughs> and and as a result of that you're you're doing what you're really passionate about today
1: yeah but the funny thing is the the topics when I was studying medicine anatomy and physiology I hated, and this is what I'm now teaching as a yoga teacher or this is what I was Writing as a book it's it's really funny, you know also or for example, as a child i had I hated to move, I hated sports, then I found yoga, and then I found, wow, the body is not that bad it's great to evolve your, your... so I kind of came back with my to my body and and when I was studying things, medicine, medicine, the things that i didn't like somehow. I'm grateful that i've learned them, and now I want to kind of integrate them in in, in 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 the yoga practice and also in my teaching
0: i that that's also that's also an interesting point that you bring up because I think also a lot of people have this experience of accumulating a lot of knowledge through the years, and it seems like none of it fits you know so mm-hmm. someone may have a background in writing and art and philosophy and psychology and yoga and all of these things and then ultimately at the end of the day it all comes together and you don't even know how it's going to come together but you find yourself bringing out of you all of the things that you already have qualifications in so I mean I'm super happy that you chose to become a doctor because I think we're all benefiting from your work today yeah <laughs> i'm
1: right now I'm also happy that I did it, but um, there were times that I wasn't so
0: happy <laughs> it's a it's a it's a good thing, and you know so also other confession at the moment I'm thinking about going back to school that I've actually applied to go back to school in january and and I know that all my life, I've wanted to study medicine in some capacity. And so I'm going back in slowly and I'm going to do a science program that has some of the prerequisites for medicine. But I, I've i always wanted to study medicine, but it's always seemed so daunting. The length of time required, the amount of years required, then after you've studied in school, the 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 residency that you have to do and all of that stuff and it, it's really something that a lot of people where i'm from in the bahamas say you know go and be a doctor being a doctor is the best thing in the world but then at the same time they also tell you but it takes up so many years of your life 10 years are going to pass and you're still going to be a student so i've battled with that for a long time as well yeah. because as an extension of my dance practice and my yoga practice I've wanted to enter something that makes me feel more deeply connected to the human body, to the anatomy and the physiology. And I, I am really, I commend anyone who can do that. I, mean, I, I know, you know, Gwen, um, Lois is a yeah. student in Champaign-Urbana and Gwen has been studying medicine for as long as I've known Gwen. And um, it, it really seems like a long and a slow uphill Climb, But ultimately, I mean, you end up being able to do the work that you're now doing. And there is so much respect that we all have in the Iyengar yoga community for those of us who are actually qualified medical practitioners.
1: Um, But I also have to to admit there was or it's it has two sides. So, for example, when I was studying medicine and practicing yoga, I always wanted immediately to understand what's going on in my body. And sometimes I was very slow because I was reflecting too much. And my colleagues who just practiced, they made the experience and there was more a flow. And for me, for many years, also with Iyengar, I have to admit learning process was very slow because I was too much in my head. Things have changed actually when I really went to Pune, because the the direct teaching there, and I was able to a little bit study with Ayenga, but mostly with Gita, and she was my main teacher, and and I loved her, and she is full of fire and heart, and what she was teaching went deeper, and my my thoughts somehow stopped, and and for 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 a few years it was good that I could like practice, just practice and not think about too much, so there are really two sides, right now I'm, I'm quite relaxed because my medical knowledge somehow grounded me and also my my yoga practice somehow is, is a good foundation and now I really like to play with it. Mm-hmm. but um i also know a lot of people who don't have a good medical background but they are wonderful yoga teachers and even even therapists so i think there's really a lot of sites how you can how you can uh, practice teach people and even heal people and 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 sometimes like the the classical medical knowledge or thinking too much can also like stop you from from evolving so i'm yeah <laughs> I, I I don't know the perfect solution but you know it's it's like um, yeah I'm, when I was younger a lot of yoga teachers yoga practitioners were getting things faster than me <laughs> to be honest <laughs> because I was thinking too much.
0: Herman that's really a great point that you just brought up and It reminds me of a conversation I was having a couple months ago with a wonderful Iyengar yoga teacher from Australia, Peter Scott. And Peter said that he had also done some background studies in the body and in kinesiology and in anatomy from a more scientific standpoint, and that he found that that information was essentially getting in the way with his Iyengar yoga understanding. And I think one of the core things that, that he was mentioning was the fact that we really can't come to Iyengar yoga with that sort of mind frame or that sort of thinking because there are things that we experience within our bodies from an Iyengar yoga perspective that aren't necessarily things that we'll find in a medical textbook. And there are ways of approaching the process of healing or the process of therapy from an Iyengar yoga perspective that isn't really in any book. And so, so this, this, this concept that holding on to information gets in the way of you having an actual experience sometimes, I think is is really something that a lot of people go through who enter Iyengar yoga with previous knowledge, whether that's previous yoga knowledge, or even whether that's previous medical knowledge because of being an actual medical practitioner. I find it interesting that you're reflecting on this point that that knowledge that you had before, it actually essentially puts up a block in your brain or in your body or in your experience from actually going as deeply as you can with the practice.
1: Yeah, so this happened and, and what I experience now more that I can play with both, you know, sometimes really to, let's say, practice Iyengar yoga and only feel my energy, whatever this is, is there a flow, is there not a flow, and, and, and on the other side, and also sometimes I, for sure, I want to explain things medically, but not everything. I think some basic knowledge always is good about the muscles, the bones, the joints. They are there, and the same the organs. Where are the organs? What is the function of the organs? Also to try to feel the organs, to try to feel the reaction of the organs. while we doing asanas? So um, and and and. But but I think in the beginning, also as a yoga practitioner, I'm, I'm very like focused or strict and too serious and the same with medicine and and now i think i'm a little bit more like playful and and uh and that's this is what i'm enjoying a lot i don't have to explain everything not everything has to be explained but it's nice to explain things so it's like uh it can be done but it doesn't have to be done and sometimes i'm just open to experience so and 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 I think those those two things have to be balanced and when I'm teaching anatomy or physiology or whatever I also want to show the people you have to get some basic knowledge but then also forget it and play and then you have to it's like speaking two different languages and and and, and sometimes you can you can play with this those two different languages the Iyengar yoga language and the language of medicine and and um
0: yeah, this is what I want. Like. <laughs> now, we've spoken about your medical history, and what we're really here to talk about today is how you've brought that into your teaching of Iyengar yoga. So can you talk to us a little bit about how you came to specifically be practicing Iyengar yoga today?
1: Um, As I was explaining, when I started studying medicine, I really was shocked. I was in a depression, whatever. And at that that time, I was doing uh, martial arts like Aikido and studying medicine and doing Aikido was too much for me because when you have to kind of fight, you really have to be concentrated and it was too stressful. And then I started a yoga, and then I really could adjust my practice to my medical studies. So, this was a, a, a very good, uh, nice experience. And uh, then, very, very, um, I, I got the idea I want to become a yoga teacher. It was too early and too fast. Normally, we say the people first you have to practice for three years, five years, 10 years. I think in the first year I wanted to become a yoga teacher again, it was not good for my practice, but anyway. And then when I um, moved to Berlin, um, I was looking for teacher trainings, but there were no teacher trainings in Berlin, even not in Germany, there was one in London, one in Amsterdam and one in San Francisco. So uh, 1991, I went to San Francisco for six months and I started a teacher training there with Janet McLeod. She was my main teacher. And actually there I met my now best friend and colleague, Claudia Böhm. And uh, she also did the teacher training there, but she really stayed there longer and finished it. After six months, I went back and continued, but I had some basic and then when she came back, she supported me a lot, and actually, we also opened a yoga studio then in the early '90s. In 1996, we both went back to San Francisco and got certified there. And at that time, like the German younger yoga scene was very small. We had teachers, good teachers, and that supported us a lot. And but still, the community was small and also the association was very very uh, small and growing and um 1996 i was very very super lucky i started finishing medicine i got my my certificate and i was elected in the board of the ayenga yoga association and Guruji VKS ayenga wanted to become to europe and he said He wants to see Berlin and the wall of Berlin, actually the rest of the wall of Berlin. And he wants to live in a private place. And all the teachers who already knew Guruji were afraid of him. (laughs) I didn't know him. I was not afraid at that time. And I just moved into a new apartment. I said, okay, he can stay in my place. I will do everything that he feels comfortable. So the first time really I met Guruji personally was in my apartment in Berlin and he was fantastic, he was caring, he always said, I have to eat more, I have to uh, laugh more and I have to be happy, so he really was caring a lot and I was super, 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 super happy. Um, and then I decided I really have to go to Pune. I must go to Pune. So 1997, Claudia and me, we both went to Pune. And then I was grounded again. Suddenly, I was not his host anymore. I just was one little student. And this is how he treated me. I was expecting something different, to be honest. I thought this goes on. And But then I just had to practice and learn and and at that time I really got closer to Gita chi so uh, younger was the energy for me was too too intense and his teaching was too fast and Gita chi was slower I could not everything understand what she was teaching, but I really could follow her, and 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 she really also touched me. So so then then she became for many many years she became my main teacher, and with Goruchi I interacted a little bit when I was like doing a research project um, in in. Um, the 2010, I was uh, did a project about neck and shoulders and how Ayanga Yoga works there, and I wrote my PhD about this. I used this a little bit to communicate to Ayanga, and but there were like minutes of communications, five minutes, ten minutes, maximum fifteen minutes. And Then you always taught me something, but you cannot compare it with lawyers or you know the the, the students who really continued to. Work with Ayenga so I could get something, and actually more I, I i wanted to face and with Gita, it was different with Gita, I really could ask her, talk to her, she knew me much much better and 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 we were lucky that she also came to Berlin she also actually stayed in my place like uh, eight years after which came in 2004 and and this was also super super wonderful so I'm, I was somehow blessed with those two visitors <laughs> and, and then uh, but the work for me always first I got all this good feelings and then I really had to work and the work had to be done and it's still not not over and, and my yoga practice was not so easy <laughs> so and, and yeah.
0: those moments that you just mentioned of meeting the Iyengars as I hear you talk about them I see you smiling and I see that they're bringing up something really positive for you and I think that that's something that a lot of us, especially the newer generation of Iyengar yoga teachers, will never have. And that's something that a lot of us missed out on. And I think it's really special how you were able to not only work with both Guruji and Gitaji, but between them, realize that the person or the teacher who you really connected with the deepest was Gita and and the reason I say this is because I think that from the outside looking in as a younger teacher the the obvious thing would be oh well if this person has the opportunity to study with Guruji or Kituji, he'll just study with Guruji because the thought is this is Ayengar yoga it's named after BKS Iyengar why not study with BKS Iyengar but I've heard many teachers Who have had that opportunity say, Yeah, you know, I studied with Guruji, but I really, really, really like Gita was my teacher. And I've heard that from many senior teachers. And I I wonder for you, Herman, why do you think that is that even while the two of them were still alive, so many people really connected deeply with their relationship, their student-teacher relationship with Gita?
1: I think she digested somehow what she has learned from Guruji and saw that not everybody can can face it and she put it into little pieces and somehow she also made a system out of that. I think with Guruji, one day he did this, the other day he did that. And if you not really knew the whole thing, you thought it was super, super confusing. And with Gitter, there was more structure that you can orient. It was, and, 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 and this structure, I think for a lot of people and also for me helped me knowing that the structure is only for the moment and not, not for the moment, but it, it's so, 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 and, and also her personality was different maybe also because she was a woman, I can connect very good as to women teachers and, and, and uh, with Gucci I was always afraid, maybe a little, I don't want to say too much afraid, I'm also grateful that I met him and when he was in my apartment he was fantastic, but it was a different situation, but him as a teacher I don't know i i think even if i would i also thought you know i'm i'm too too, uh, i'm in the wrong generation because like lois or or patricia Walden, they you know they they had been much more opportunities also to practice with ienga but even if i would have been their generation i'm sure i i couldn't i couldn't face the situation and and therefore i'm grateful to dita i'm grateful also to lois you know she also is like kind of that She got the knowledge very direct, direct, but she is kind of digesting it and putting it into different pieces so we can, can more easier um, work with it. So for me, like Lois Steinberg and also Annette Herrenleben, she has been teaching in the Iyengar Institute in Berlin for many years. And before she started with the Iyengar for 10 years, she was an assistant from her, Cloud and I, we learned a lot and built up our therapy class. And This is what I said. I have some teachers where I really like the gita Chi especially the the knowledge comes somehow into me without there was a reflection all those things and I was writing down her sequences, but it was a really direct learning and and um i'm i'm i and and then the the second and third generation it's more reflective and then somehow maybe I could understand it better. But like with Gitachi and also with Guruji or this, the, the the teachers that have studied with Guruji, like Lois, they have something you cannot explain it, and and, and especially with Lois, I'm sometimes surprised because she really has a very good, like, um, medical knowledge. I'm sometimes think, oh my God, she knows more than me, really, Shiri. And sometimes things she's comes out of her, and I know it's not through analyzing. It's something that she learned in the medical class, working with Guruji, with Gitachi, with the patients, and 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 it's those two things I'm really also super like uh, fascinated, and, and 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 I always think, wow, how how, how is this happening? Yeah, but yeah, Gitachi is my big love. <laughs>
0: well, Herman, I know that she not only was a main teacher of yours, but I also know that she wrote a foreword to your book, And we haven't spoken about that yet. For those of you who don't know, Herman is the author of the Yoga Asana Anatomy book. And you can purchase it on loissteinberg.com and go and check out Lois's books and audios. And you will see Herman's book, Yoga Asana Anatomy, there. And Herman, can you just hold up your book so that we can see it again? There you go. Wow. German book.
1: The English looks more or less the same.
0: <laughs> Erman, that's a very, very, very big book. And I have a copy in champaign Urbana. I recently moved. I now live in Boston, Massachusetts. And I had to drag yoga props. I don't know if you've ever done this, but Lois has all of these blankets and all of these belts and the chumbles and everything. And every time I go to Lois, I pack up my suitcase full of everything. So I have to have her uh, FedEx me my book. But I'm, I'm so happy to see it in English because for a number of years, Lois had a copy of it in German. And I I'd see her going through the book as if she could read German, but I think she was more or less looking at the images and looking at the layout. And it's such a wonderful book, Herman. Can you can you tell us a bit about your journey towards deciding to write the book in the first place?
1: Yeah, I, in the uh, late 90s, I started to teach anatomy and also physiology at the growing Ayenga yoga teacher trainings. So. As I said, so in the nineties, a was not very popular. In the beginning, we only had one teacher training for the whole country. <laughs> it really was amazing. And, and, and there I started to teach it. And, and, and I always wanted to, uh, give the people something beside normal books. So I started to make handouts. And, uh, after years of teaching anatomy, I found handouts are not so great. Maybe I should make a, a script or something. And then out of the script, the book evolved. And um, for me, um, I think it's it's really difficult to, to, to explain them or to to teach anatomy to a younger teachers that on the one side, it's not boring and very casual or on the other side, it's not too complicated. It really has to be practical. And um, since I also had difficulty to learn anatomy, I know that how frustrating it can be. So what I I use, and therefore the book is so big, a lot of drawings. So, So the book is full of like drawings here. I don't know whether you see this. And there are a lot of drawings either of the anatomy or the asanas. And I want to to have pictures that it's easier to learn with pictures than only with words. And that, that, as I said, it's like learning a different language. And I find it very helpful to use those pictures to learn this very dry thing. And yeah, as I said, out of the things, the the book evolved and I was very happy when I finally wrote it in Germany. I think it was nine. 2016 and it took three years to convert it into English and I was happy and I'm grateful that Lois Steinberg read it and we changed it a lot. Gita was able to read it and she, oh my god, wrote this beautiful foreword. And also David Carpenter, he, he was amazing, he was rewriting the whole thing in a very nice language and he was hitting me, because then I had to really study again and again because he's so specific and then after the English book I had to change the German book because the English now was so much better. So. Um, yeah, this is the story of the book. And right now I'm working on the next book, which is called Yoga Asana Physiology. So and 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 um I don't know, maybe next year, maybe in two years it will be finished. I'm working it. It's a lot of fun. It's um but uh let's see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Herman, I I know that I've heard Lois for years speak about. When Herman finishes his book, when Herman finishes his book, and and I know that that's been a, a little bit of a fire behind you, and how great it must have been <laughs> to have Lois always talking about the book even before it was finished, and always planting seeds of well, when Herman finishes his book, and and now your book is finished, and and your book is so extraordinary, and this this new book, uh, Yoga Asana Physiology, is that the name of it? Talk to us a bit, Herman, about what differentiates the yoga asana physiology versus the yoga asana anatomy book. So the anatomy
1: book is mainly about the bones. Which bones do we have? The joints, so elbow joint, shoulder, shoulder blade, etc. So the different kind of joints and then the ligaments and muscles so that we know how we can move our body there are also some pathologies, very simple, explains some guidance for yoga practice, always referring actually to Lloyd's books and the therapeutic books. Uh, so it's about the bones, joints, and muscles, the yoga asana anatomy. And, um, and the yoga asana physiology will be about the organs, also about different systems, like like also the nervous system immune system and hormone system and um yeah It's more difficult because uh, like it's easy if you stretch your arms the triceps is active the biceps get stretched it's like easy but it's somehow it's helpful that you know what your triceps is doing your biceps or your trapezius muscle also in which directions, you can move your spine. Because all those things are basics to move our body and and even if you want to work with our organs, still our our like skeletal system has to follow, and if it doesn't work it becomes very difficult so therefore, I also decided to specify an orthopedic medicine first. And now after years, I got also in yoga therapy more and more interested in treating not only illnessless like knee problem, hip problem, back problem, but also different kind of ailments. It took many, many years, like Lois like, was supporting me also to, to try to do this. I was a bit scared, but it took years. But now I'm really more, more into those holistic thing because uh for the for the organs you really need everything and and um yeah i'm
0: excited (laughs) women how important is it you think for iyengar yoga teachers to have this understanding of the human body
1: I think there should be some understanding for sure. And then this is, I think in every country, if you do an assessment, you also have to write something about anatomy. In Germany, mm-hmm. the level was a little bit too high for some years. This was my thought. I think people learned a lot, but it's, it's, it's really difficult to balance this. But the, I think some foundation you need and it's very easier. And the, the, this is what I said also. If people talk to you about, or have arthritis in my hip, that you at least understand what is arthritis. Yeah, people come with some medical either background or knowledge from their doctors that you somehow can either understand it or know how to check it and, and read it. So I think some basic knowledge is good. And, and in Ayanga yoga, really a lot of things can be explained medically, much more than in other yoga directions, because we have techniques. I said, not everything has to be explained, not at all. But some basic things can easily be explained, and then it's nice if you also have the medical explanation, medical background, and the people trust you more for some things. So I think it's uh, there should be some 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 base. And this is actually also what Gita was writing in her book that she was like encouraging the people for the yoga journey to study
0: this. For you, Herman, as a doctor coming into Iyengar yoga, what about Iyengar yoga feels familiar to you from a medical perspective? What about this system and this language and this way of being with the body makes so much sense to you from a medical perspective?
1: I think first of all, Iyengar, Guruji uses a lot of medical terms. So in the class they say move your trapezius down, not in other yoga directions. I think you use it. Lift your quadriceps up. Yeah, sometimes we really use a lot of medical terms to give directions. Move your sacrum down, your coccyx in, and then you have to know where it is. (laughs) So and 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 um, therefore since our our language is. medically orientated and i think it's good to have the medical background and another thing is sometimes we are medical correct or anatomically correct in our words when we teach ayanga yoga and sometimes i think it's also important sometimes we use pictures for example um, hit your bone into your body or make your even if you say make your uh, thoracical spine concave It's a feeling, but still, if you would make an x-ray, it's not concave. I think somehow it's also interesting that you create an anatomical feeling. It's just a picture, um, and and it doesn't have to be anatomically correct. And I think, especially for a person like me who's explaining these things, that I say, play with the anatomy also, but know what can be done and what cannot be done so sometimes you use anatomically words to to create something in the body which is not happening really but the feeling is created and and, 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 and sometimes it's also good if you uh, lift your quadriceps up the quadriceps is lifting up or make your quadriceps tight as so a contraction of the quadriceps and and uh, and i think this is like with, with our instructions the other thing is with the yoga therapy there are a lot of studies in ayenga yoga because we have kind of sequences for, for example, chronic um, neck pain or for back pain. And therefore, Lois made a very good survey about low back. I did one about neck because we have a series of asanas. For sure, we have to adjust to every, all the keepers, but it can be done again and again. And there will be not always the same result, but there will be kind of same result and with other yoga directions you cannot do those studies and 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 i think those two things are very fascinating for me and
0: um yeah this therapeutic approach that we have in iyengar yoga herman a lot of iyengar yoga teachers either say that they haven't been able to study therapy specifically because their teacher doesn't focus on it or that you know even I remember I went with Lois to another country once and they said you know no one here really does Iyengar yoga therapy and we have to be senior teachers in order to even begin to think about Iyengar yoga therapy and you and I know that Lois's teachings are very different because even the mentees that she has and the people who haven't yet been certified, she's already teaching us how to assist, which props are which props, what are the names of the props, how to take them, how to hold them, how to turn them, how the sticky mat should go, how the blanket should go. And so we're we're getting this deep training in Iyengar Yoga Therapeutics, really from the very beginning of our studying, especially with Lois. So my question for you, Herman, is what do you envision for our Iyengar yoga community in so far as yoga therapy is concerned. So in in other words, what do you see or where do you see Iyengar yoga therapy going within our Iyengar yoga community and how can we help it get to that goal?
1: It's It's a difficult question. I think that if I look a little bit at the past, as you said, um, yoga therapy only were for very senior, 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 senior teachers. So a lot of junior teachers were afraid to touch it, and when they were seniors, they just missed the train. And and you know, and I, I also have seen you that you studied yoga therapy when you were very young, and I was really could see how fast you were learning because when you're young, you learn faster, and also how to touch the people and all those things. And I think that. With Lois, she always encouraged young people, but also in the whole a younger community, especially with Avicata, also a little bit with Gita. They say saw if they if they stop people doing yoga therapy as young, or 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 um, or let's put it the other way around. So I think now people are encouraged more to also start dealing problems when they are younger. That in a basic teacher training or mentorship, which is called level one now, you really have to know how to help people with low back, with knee, with uh, shoulder problems. Now they, they, the, the youngers or Abhijata, in my understanding, also uh, uh, expect that the people start to handle those basic things. And I think the rest is also evolving. You know first oh god somebody has a back problem. Then you have seen a few people, you know how to touch, you know which props, you're used to it, and then you can have a back and a neck problem, and then you can have a back and neck and Maybe some whatever. And I think it's a process. And, and, and for, for me, I would say, though, I'm, I'm really a learner that is not very fast. I'm a slow learner, even, even if I was young at your age. <laughs> Learning really always took time, but it took time. And finally, somebody, something good came out of it. So it's, it's good also to know what you know. It's also good to know what you don't know. That means some people. It's also dangerous if you think oh my god I know everything and you, you there's a cancer person I will heal him you know it's it's not it's not good you have to grow into this subject and some people slower some people faster and 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 but I think we have to, as, as yoga teachers, we have to support and also share the knowledge. And, and what we have learned from Lois that you're really supporting the young generation. And I hope also in the Younger Yoga Institute of Berlin now, now we have people who do knee classes, low back classes, hip classes, and we are just in the background. We are not always there, but we go through If they have problems, they can ask them. And now I'm really surprised after a few years how how they also gain somehow their own knowledge. It's it's also not that we show something and somebody's reproducing something new, something also is happening. And and I think we have to support the young generation more in an early, not not to wait too long, otherwise it gets lost and we will die before.
0: Herman, that that really resonates with me and that really hits home a lot because it has been a great fortune to be able to study with Lois and to be able to be invited with Lois into spaces where I know if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have been able to be there. And I people have even said it to me over the years that, you know, Michael, if this were my class, you wouldn't be able to enter because you're not at a high enough level, or you're not at uh, intermediate junior three, and this is only for intermediate junior three, and and you know this would never be possible. And I'm so grateful because I've seen the work that Lois has done with me, but I've also seen the work that Lois has done with all of us in order for us to have this knowledge, and in order for us to have it well, and to be able to feel empowered to use the knowledge that we have within ourselves in Iyengar yoga to do this work within the world because it's one thing to have the knowledge and it's another thing to feel confident that you can actually go out and do something with that knowledge and Lois has even mentioned times when you know she has been put in a situation where she didn't really know what to do for that specific person or for that specific case but because Iyengar yoga this knowledge that we have is just so broad and so so all-encompassing that she was able to pull from what she already knew about Iyengar yoga, but also what she already knew about the human body in order to create something that would specifically be helpful for that person. And it worked. And so I, I'm, I'm really grateful to hear you say that there is this, this legacy of knowledge, this legacy of wisdom, this legacy of Living in the body and knowing how to heal the body when it's broken, that we have in Iyengar yoga that we should be trying to pass on to newer generations of teachers, because I think that that's one of our hallmarks in Iyengar yoga, that we know what to do for the body when it breaks. And even if we don't know how to heal a situation, we at least know how to create space For whoever, whether they are a person who has knee pain, neck or shoulder pain, lower back pain, or whether they have something more serious going on within them, that we as Iyengar Yoga should know how to create space for that person to be able to still experience the light of yoga. And and I I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's a wonderful thing that we do in general, but I think it's also a wonderful thing to hear you say that that's something that you're bringing into your work in Berlin as well yeah herman i just wanted to know before we leave for today is there any place where you're teaching or any workshops that you're teaching where you're actively bringing this work that you've already written about to life so is there a yoga asana anatomy course with with dr herman that we can plug into or that we can log into
1: So most of my courses actually are in German. So this is, uh, so I I do for different teacher trainings in Germany, now online courses uh, for about the anatomy and physiology and even the medicine. I uh, For the Iyengar Yoga Institute of Dallas, I do a series of workshops. I did yoga asana anatomy, two series. And I will be doing now a new series which is called your asana physiology. So I'm right now I'm only not only working with Ray just but English is much, much more difficult for me I'm grateful that he got me the the opportunity and and it's good to grow into this thing and but still i have a lot of work also in, in germany <laughs> so
0: so that means in order for us to study with you deeply yeah. we should all learn how to speak german
1: <laughs> no <laughs>
0: <laughs> well well listen i was i was studying german for a little while earlier this year and um I was really hopeful that I'd be able to come on today and and say something to you, whether it was Guten Abend or Dankeschon. <laughs> but, but but that that's that's about all I know. <laughs> but it sounded very good. Oh <laughs> Well well listen, Herman, I'm I'm so happy to have had this opportunity today to to talk with you about your work because like I said, I've heard about you for a long time, and I've known you for a long time. And I'm I'm so happy that your book has been published. And for those of you, once again, who want to plug into Herman's book or purchase Herman's book, the name of the book is Yoga Asana Anatomy Book. And it has a forward by our very own Gita S. Ingar. And to buy a copy, you can visit Lo Steinberg com and check out the books and audios over there on her page. And Herman, hold it up just one more time for us to see what it looks like. It's a formidable book and it's a beautiful book and it has wonderful illustrations. And, and Herman, if, if you haven't met Herman in person, Herman is a very tall person and he's written a very tall book. So, <laughs> Herman... Once again, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being with me today on the show. And I'm really grateful to have had this opportunity to speak with you.
1: Thank you, Michael. And I'm super grateful too. Yeah, very happy. Thank you.
0: You're very welcome. And to those of our listeners and viewers out there, if this is your hundredth time joining us here on the Michael Bryan podcast, or if this is time number one, I just want to say thank you so much for continuing to support this work. As always, please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, as well as share this podcast with your other yoga, mindfulness, and spirituality loving friends, so that more and more people can hear about the amazing work that's being done in the world by amazing teachers. Like Dr. Herman Tratir. I said it right. Yeah, you did right. <laughs> Until next time, everyone, have a good one. I'm your host, Michael A. Bryan, wishing you love and peace and hope. Until we meet again. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Namaste. Herman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was so good. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh <laughs> oh, how are you feeling
1: heat a lot of heat in my body <laughs> it's it's not winter here but it's autumn normally it's really cold outside now and now I created some heat <laughs> but it, it was nice